Jesus. God ain't he good? Hallelujah. My, the Lord is in this place. I'm going to read a scripture to you today that some of you need to hear. Colossians, the first chapter, says this. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all, all, all of your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. That handwriting, those written ordinances that were against you, let me tell you something, he nailed them to his cross. Amen. Though no longer judging me. Hallelujah. And this next part I love so very much. Having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them. Woo! I said, having disarmed principalities and powers, having made an open spectacle of them, amen, triumphing over them, amen. Let me tell somebody tonight, the devil's defeated whether you know it or not. I said, the devil's defeated whether you know it or not. Jesus conquered him, took away his authority and power, and then he gave it to the church. And the Bible said that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. How is it? He was the conqueror, and we be in his body are made more than conquerors. I do not have to live in condemnation in my life. Ma, you don't... Oh. When the devil would rear his ugly head in your life, you need to tell him he's defeated in the name of Jesus. He has no authority. He has no power unless you give it to him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He's defeated. He's defeated. Praise the Lord. I'm going to let you be seated just for a moment. Praise God. God has been in this place today. Amen. He has moved and ministered and touched and blessed. And I believe tonight he has already touched people that are in this place. Amen. We're going to do something a little bit different tonight. I read the scripture today where Paul told Timothy, he said, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. We're going to do something the old time way. Amen. Everybody's looking at me saying, what in the world, Brother Cook, are you going to do? Amen. We're going to call on some help to help me preach tonight. Amen. I, I, I connected with our, our ministers and anymore I struggle with my voice. and I knew today that I had pretty well uh, worked on it. And uh, I connected with our ministers today. And they're going to help me minister tonight. Amen. How many are grateful today for all of the ministers of Praise Temple Apostolic Church? <laughs> Hallelujah. They're going to do some exhortation and 
ministering to you just for a moment and and we're just gonna we're gonna have church around this place we're gonna let God move I believe that the Lord orchestrates everything praise the Lord I want brother Kevin Cummins where's he at I want brother Kevin Cummins amen he's been out babying amen and he has been out for a couple of weeks but I want him to come and step into this pulpit tonight and testify Amen. And bring Eli with him. Oh, I love the Lord. I love my pastor. Amen. I do. I love the Lord. I love my pastor. Woo! I want to exhort for just I'm, I'm going to exhort for just a minute about something that we normally don't think is apostolic, something I don't normally think is apostolic, and something I'm not very good yet at yet is uh, parenting. I know you look, I know, look, I know everyone's going to look at me. I want you to think about this for just one second. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, he said, can I borrow this Bible? Hope you had that place. <laughs> In Deuteronomy chapter 6, he says this, and I would quote it, but my memory's fuzzy. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, he says, this is the greatest commandment. He lays out the Ten Commandments. And among those Ten Commandments, what does he say? Honor your father and your mother. And now, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, out of all the commandments, that's something I normally just kind of, yeah, preach, you know, I just kind of, I just kind of let it ride, if you know what I mean. You know, there's not very many times that I'm like, God, I pray that you would help me and honor my father and mother, you know, as I would with some of these other ones, praise God. And, uh, and I just really begin to think about this, and I'm really going somewhere. So don't, don't, get, don't get caught on me, because I'm really going somewhere. And I begin to think about, I, I begin to think about this theme of honoring your, your mother and your father and your parents. And it's almost like God began to open my eyes to almost every situation. When you see Abraham, and there is an Abraham that God had made a covenant with him. There is an Abraham that God had picked him up. But not only did he pick up Abraham, but he picked up along with that Isaac and Jacob. And as Abraham is living his life, he doesn't know where he's going. He's going to a city whose builder and maker is God. In other words, he's going to a city that can't yet be found on the GPS. He's going somewhere that he doesn't know what. And it is in this process of living for God that he has this covenant with God. And God does a mighty work in his life. But here's the powerful thing. So I'm, I'm fixing it close. Here's the powerful thing. That when God does his amazing work through Abraham's life, Abraham being a mortal man, only given a certain number of years, he said... Abraham one day is going to pass on from this life. And then what comes next? Isaac. Isaac only lived for so long as we all do. And then Jacob. Let me tell you today why it is so important to honor our father and our mother. Why it is so important to walk in the footsteps and in the statutes of where they have gone and what they have done is that God has done some amazing things. God has done some powerful things. And those very same things, he wants to continue in your life. 
Oh, the things that God has done in some of these past generations, we would be foolish to forget about them. The revivals that have came, the prophetic words that have been given. Come on, I don't want to forget about what God has said. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And that's why he said, bind him to your heart. Bind him to your heart. Bind him to your heart. And I want to leave you with a, I want to leave you with a quote from Larry Bird. Larry Bird said, talking about basketball, he's sitting and he was talking about how people want to come in. And if you're familiar with the, the NBA, they're trying to change some of the rules on the three-point and some of the rules on the shot clock. And he said, leave basketball the way that you found it. And he said, Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley did a good enough job to just leave it the way that you found it. And I want to tell you, when I look at the apostolic church, I don't want to change one thing. I want to leave it the way that I found it. My God, when I came into this church, I was born into it. And when I go out of this church, I want to know that my son is going to believe in one God. I want to know that he's going to believe that there's only one plan of salvation. And that is Acts 2.38. I want to know that he's not going to slip into worldliness. I want to know that he's going to live holiness unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got to tell you, I hope that made sense tonight. God, praise God. I want that power to be in me. I want that power, that anointing of the Holy Ghost that was on Billy Cole, that was on the coal miner preacher from Madisonville. I want that to be on my life, and I want that to be on my son's life. And so here's what I'm going to do. Not only am I going to honor my father and my mother, and I'm, gonna for, and I'm not going to forget what God has done for us, but I'm going to say, son, my God. Son, your turn. There's going to come a day when I'm going to say, son, you need to stand up. Son, there's going to be a day when I remember when Joseph, and I'm taking too long. I mean, there was a time when Joseph, who was, you got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, right? Joseph is forsaken by the church. Joseph goes out and is sold into Egypt, which is the world. And even in Egypt. He remembered who he was. He remembered what he had been taught. He had remembered what God had placed into him. And I want to tell you, God forbid it should ever happen. God forbid one of our kids or one of our grandkids could get hurt by something that somebody has done or said in the church and they feel that they've been kicked out into the Egypt of the world. I want them to have that apostolic teaching. I want them to have that apostolic roots that they can come back. I got a passion tonight for the church. I got a passion tonight for the truth. Hallelujah. And I'm believing that we got to hold on to it. Yeah. Amen. I hope that makes sense. You believe that? Yeah. Amen. He said it's not only to you, but it's to your children. To all that are as far off as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. Brother Talsman, come up here and minister, testify for a moment tonight. Praise God. Let's give the Lord another hand clap in this place. When you, when, when you get older, it takes you a little more, more time to get uh, lined out there than it, when, you, when your eyes and, and uh, your body is still young. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, when I got this message, my mind immediately starts churning. 
my, my mouth starts praying and, and I start asking God what, what kind of direction uh, does this whole thing because I've been in these before hallelujah and it never ceases to amaze me how wonderful and how in tune God sets things out the last time we done this I started off hallelujah usually I either start off or I finish now I'm in the middle and I don't know what I'm going to do hallelujah but I <laughs> but but it's going to be all right. The last time we've done this, it went in from a tune from the beginning to the end. Hallelujah. But it could have worked just as in tune from the end back to the beginning. Hallelujah. Brother Kevin, I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, Romans chapter 15. Uh, and if we look here uh, in, in verse 10, it said, Again, he saith, Rejoice. Ye Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse. And he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the hope of God fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now if you turn back just a few pages, Brother Kevin, to Acts in chapter 28. In Acts chapter 28, we find Apostle Paul uh, talking to the, the Jews. Hallelujah. This act, exact same thing, except there's a difference. He's not writing a letter. He is bound in his home. Uh, the Apostle Paul spent the last two or three years of his life uh, bound in his home. Uh, we would call it house arrest. And they had him bound. He couldn't get out and go to church. He couldn't get out and preach. So what happened? Uh, the church started coming to him. Him. And it says that he administered uh, unto all those that came and knocked on his door. And the scripture says, some believed him and some believed not. We, we have uh, that hope that the Apostle Paul, as he was bound in his home, as he was bound in his place, he never let uh, his situation define who he was. Hallelujah. There are some sitting in this place tonight that you are bound in that same prison. Or you not, might not be stuck at home. You not, might not be uh, stuck in a jail cell somewhere. Uh, but you are stuck in your own prison by something or some way that the enemy has got you bound. And I come to tell you that the same message that the Apostle Paul preached. He said, this ain't my message. This message comes from uh, the prophet Elijah. And if it was good enough for them, hallelujah, 2,000 years later, it's good enough for him. And I come to tell you tonight, hallelujah, if it was good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's good enough for Brother Nick Talsman to tell you the same message tonight. Hallelujah. You don't have to sit in your situation and wallow. Hallelujah. Uh, believe me, I've been anywhere that you are at. Uh, God has brought me an awful long way. I, I know I've given testimonies, but I haven't given the full extent of all what God has done for me. It would take me days and years to let you know all what God has done. But I come to tell you this. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what your situation is. There is nothing, no situation 
that the enemy has placed on you that the, if you would get into the presence of the Holy Ghost would not cure and fix every problem. I don't care if it's physical tonight. I don't care if it's spiritual tonight. I don't care if it's emotional tonight. Hallelujah. There is no prison that the devil has set up for you that walking in the Holy Ghost will not free you from. Hallelujah. There is not one thing that the enemy has control over you. All you got to do is we used to have a saying back in the day. Somebody, oh, oh man, how you doing? Oh, I'm just, I'm just dry. Get under the spout. Where the glory's coming out, Brother Kevin. Just get under that spout. Hallelujah. And let the glory of the Lord just wash over you. Hallelujah. And you'll be surprised. How do you know, Brother Nick? <laughs> testimony after testimony after testimony of God's mercy, His goodness, His grace, His power, and His authority. Hallelujah. It was by His mercy that the Apostle Paul found himself in house arrest. They could have beheaded him years before. <laughs> but God had His hand upon him. And in His prison, He did not let that situation define him. But in His prison... He found a way to reach out to those that's around him. Oh, oh, you might see that empty seat beside of you tonight. And you might be just a little bit discouraged. Hallelujah. I come to tell you. I come to encourage you tonight. Just like the Apostle Paul encouraged them. And Elijah uh, 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 encouraged those. Hallelujah. We, we, we have to know that the children of Israel were in bondage. When he, uh, uh, the, uh, Elijah... Hallelujah was ministering to them. They were in a bondage place. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul uh, was, was in a bondage place. But it doesn't matter. They all got loosed. Hallelujah. And, and years before, uh, Elijah, the prophet Elijah said, you just hold tight. You just hold tight. There's going to be a root of Jesse come up. And whoo, when that Holy Ghost comes, it's going to clear the way. It's going to pave the way. And there's not nothing. There's not nothing that can stop you. Hallelujah. I come to tell you tonight, don't wallow in your situation. Don't let your situation define who you are. But you get under the spout where the glory's coming out tonight. And you let the God of mercy, hallelujah, minister to your situation. Is this all right tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Jim Mason, make your way up here. Elder Brother Mason, make your way up here. Brother Nathan, make your way up here. Brother Bennett, make your way up here. Y'all have a sit right beside me, right behind me. You don't know what's going to happen tonight. Praise the Lord. Brother Nathan, why are you sitting down? Well, you've all heard the passage in Scripture where it says that Give to the prophet, a servant to the prophet. I feel like everybody's come here with the same message. We're just all delivered in our own way. So here we go. Here's my version of it. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. All to say the same thing. If you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Come on. Let me tell somebody something. When you learn to fall in love with Jesus, the first thing you discover is how much he loves you. If you're struggling with how much God loves you, then you need to find yourself and fall in love with Jesus again. 
Fall in love with his word again. Fall in love with worship again. Fall in love with his word again. Fall in love with his church again. Come on, some. Fall in love with the altar again. Because you'll discover really fast that love is mentioned 315 times in this book. There are only one other thing that's mentioned more than the word love in the Bible, and that's the word God. And my Bible reads in the book of 1 John that God is love. So that tells me if I combine those two, I've got the most mentioned thing in Scripture. And all I have to do is say, you know what? He loved me enough to die on a cross. And I'm going to love him enough to worship him with everything I've got. And when I understand that, then I understand there's no devil in hell. There's no power in the universe. There's nothing that can separate me from the love of God and what he can do by his spirit and his word in my life. And there's one more piece to that. When you truly understand the love of God, then you'll begin to understand his feeling towards souls. See, when we get past all the little stuff, and trust me, in the eyes of God, it's little stuff that the enemy's trying to do to distract you and keep you from reaching your potential because the devil, let me tell you something, the devil knows who God is and he trembles. Did we forget the scripture in James that says the devil believes and trembles at the name of Jesus? Trust me, when you stand up and say God loves me, the one thing he's scared of is that you're going to walk out these doors and tell somebody else God loves them too. Because if they possess it, if they hold on to it, if they tap into it, one puts a thousand to flight. Who puts 10,000 to flight? What do you think a church will do? We could take the whole kingdom for the kingdom of God. And all we got to begin to do is possess God loves me. And I'm going to love him back. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. So I'll just be a few moments. And I'll be, I'll be as honest and transparent as I can be uh, tonight, but not too much because I don't want to make my wife too nervous. <laughs> I, I agree uh, with Brother Kevin. Leave it the way you find it. Leave, leave it the way you find it. And I can tell you why, because there was a day when I was looking for something. There was a, look, a day when I was looking for something and I found it. Right? And there's still people that are looking for something. So we, we need to be the church that we've always been. We need, we need to be who we've always been because there's people despite of what everybody will tell you despite of what the news says despite of what maybe everybody at your workplace says there's still people that are looking for it that are looking for the truth that are looking for the church I would say I would say today don't don't live in the moment and I'll, and I'll explain that don't, don't live in the moment don't, don't view the rest of your life the, the future that God has for you based on what it is right then. Don't look at your situation in that moment and think this is the way that it's always going to be. Nothing's ever going to change. Nothing's ever going to get better. God could never make a way. My family's never going to come back. 
Don't live, don't live in the moment. Now I might do something, uh, and I don't want to embarrass the kids. If you are, if you don't mind, if you are between the ages of, of 13 and 16, just, just stand for just a moment. If you're between 13 and 16, just for a visual representation. 13 and 16. Okay, everybody get good, everybody smile. Smile, baby. All right, have a seat. Thank you. And I thought about this uh, just the other day when I was, I was looking at my son, Koa. He's, uh, he's 13, he's going on 14, so some things kind of came to my mind. Uh, you know, we always want better for our children than, than what we had, right, than what we experienced. And so I began to think of some things uh, you know, as I instruct my kids, I get, I get frustrated sometimes. I want things to be a certain way. Uh, you know, I want things on time. I want them done. I want them now, not yesterday, not five minutes ago. You know, and I always, I always look at things, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm looking at things that maybe they, need, uh, maybe they need some strong encouragement with, right, that I think they might need to do a little bit different. And, and uh, you know, maybe I'm a little hard sometimes, but that's kind of, I, I see danger in places where they don't see it. And even though they don't see that I'm trying to teach them something, I'm trying to teach them some habits, I'm trying to teach them responsibility, uh, I'm trying to teach them uh, accountability because the little things of today, it doesn't really matter as, as a young person when you're going through your life, but those are important. Uh, I think those are important when you become an adult and you're going to come up against some things. You need to be able to stand for something. You need to be accountable and, and be responsible. And You know, I think of my life when... When I, when I was young, I, and I don't, I don't have enough time, I wasn't told how much time, so I suppose I do. Right. Um, so I think, think of my life when I was young. I grew up in a very, and I won't go into all the details tonight, but I, I grew up in, a, in very much a broken home, uh, absolutely broken home. Uh, and, and I won't go into everything that brought that about, but I can tell you that sin and, and disobedience was, was abound, right? And then, and then uh, home begin to splinter and, and, and break apart, you know, and, and, and myself and my siblings are torn and, uh, torn in, in different directions. And, and because of that, there became really a lack of accountability, right? And unless I was causing a really an obscene amount of trouble, I was almost allowed to do whatever I wanted to do, uh, from a very young age. And I, ha I had those young people stand up just for a representation of, of how old that would be. I can remember when I was uh, as young as probably 14 years old, I started to, to probably go down a path that, that I shouldn't have. You know, when I, when, I, when I say, you know, we can't tell at all all the things God has done for us, I really can't. It would almost be easier to give you a picture of what my life is today, and although not perfect, maybe show if I could somehow show you a picture of what my life would have been. might be a little bit easier. But at 14 years old, I remember coming from a broken home and a, and a splintered home and a, and, a, and, a, and a hurt heart and looking for something, looking for acceptance and, and surrounding myself with people that were like-minded, other kids that were in very similar situations that didn't maybe have guidance. And, and so we kind of had something uh, in common. And so we kind of formed a, a good bond over that. And, and, I, and I just remember being allowed to go wherever I wanted and do whatever I, ever I wanted. I remember it. At 14 years old, we could, I, I, I remember going to a liquor store at 14 years old and, and going through a drive-thru at 14 years old and, and just a couple of kids uh, in a car. I don't know why we were in a car, uh, but we were allowed to go through that liquor store and buy alcohol and marijuana 
with cocaine and anything else we could think of at 14 years old. And we just had that age group stand up. And we would, we'd be appalled at some of our young people if something like that happened. But you know, there was, there was nobody looking for me. There was nobody wondering why I was out late. There was nobody wondering what was going to happen to me. There was no accountability. There was no church that was, that was reaching for me. I didn't have anybody to come home to that wanted to know what I was getting into. And, and I thought, when I looked at uh, Koa a couple of weeks ago, he was over here worshiping, and I thought, boy, that, that should have been, what, to, the, to the adults in my home, that should have been painfully obvious, the things that were going on. And so, so where were the distractions to allow a child to do something like that? And, and, and so that just led to more and more, you can imagine, through the years as I was young and growing up, but... You know, I, w I went through a lot, and I made a lot of uh, mostly bad decisions. But there came a day when, when I met my wife. Uh, I went off to the military. I came home. Uh, I met my wife. And I remember when I went over to her house, and she just so happened to grow up next to an apostolic preacher. And, uh, and I remember going over and, and speaking to them and meeting them. And, uh, and they came out and, and shook my hand, and they were so nice. And I remember looking at them and just thinking, boy, whatever they have, I don't know what it is that they have. That's, that's what it is. That's, that's what I want. You know, I don't want to have a broken home. I don't want to raise, raise kids the way that I was raised. I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know what it was about them, but whatever it was, that's what I wanted. You know, and it was just having God central in their life. It was having the Holy Ghost. It was following the will of God in their life. It was, it was submitting to God through the hard times in their life. And we began to go to church with them because that was kind of the rule. If I was going to uh, date my, at that time, girlfriend, I was going to go to church. And so we, we began to go to church, and I would go to church, and these people would just, they just took me right in. They, they called me brother and treated me like a friend, and I didn't know who these people were. And, and, and we'd go to church, and we'd worship, and we'd laugh, and we'd go out to eat afterwards, and they just treat me like anybody else. And it was, it was very foreign to me. I didn't understand why they would be so welcoming. But they just brought me in. You know, sometimes we can get frustrated with people when they're not where we think that they need to be. Right? We don't, we don't, we don't, thanks to Sister Stacy, we just had some goats the other night. Right? And those little goats came out and they just started running and jumping and all kinds of stuff. Right? But, but humans aren't, aren't built that way. We wouldn't dare take one of these little babies and put them on the ground and say, go. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you walking? You know, when we have people coming to the church, sometimes we're going to have to carry them a little bit. Sometimes, sometimes we might feed them a little bit. You know, sometimes they might do something that's out of order a little bit. They might make a little bit of noise once in a while. But that's okay. We need that. We've all needed that. We've all been there. We've all needed somebody that would watch out for us, that would, that would help us, that would move us along and, and, and carry us. Don't, don't be discouraged, young families, bringing your kids to church. That's the best thing you can do. That's the best thing you can do. I know it can be frustrating sometimes. I know they get loud, and I know that I know there's etiquette and all that type of stuff, and I know they can cry, and, and you think sometimes they come, and they lay on the floor in the pew, and they just, they're not getting anything out of it. I guarantee you they're getting something out of it. I guarantee you they're learning something. If nothing else, they're learning how to be dedicated to the house of the Lord. And that's something that's going to carry them for the rest of their life. 
So don't be discouraged of, of where you're at. You know, it, it just took somebody that would take me in, that would be kind to me. And then all of a sudden, my wife and I, we get married and we start moving around. We, we've lived in five different states. And I, really, the main thing I learned in that short time from that pastor and his wife was be committed. Because I didn't know what they had, but I knew that that's what I needed in my life. And so anywhere we went, it was, where's, where's the church at? Where's the, where's the church at? God might move us someplace else, but we're not, we're not on our own in this thing. Because we're going to mess it up. So anywhere we're going to go, we're going to have to find a church. And we're going to have to stay committed to the church. No matter what you do in your life, stay committed to the church. It's so easy to turn around and turn your back and give up. Everybody in this world quits. Everybody, it's so easy to quit on something. But you need the church. You, you, don't, you don't have to have the church. You need the church. It's really not an option. This world is, is too unforgiving. It's too hard to make it on our own. Don't get discouraged where you're at today. Don't get, don't get discouraged of your past. Don't let your past define where you're at today. And don't even let your today define your future. Don't let it define your tomorrow. Where you're at today, you might have messed up today, but that doesn't mean that that's where you're going to be at. Come back again. Praise God. Get up in the morning. Praise God. Thank God for giving you another day. Begin to worship Him and continue in His will. Continue to walk in Him. Continue to seek after Him. Trust Him. He's never going to let you down. He's never going to fail you. The church has never, ever failed us. It's been there every time we've needed Every time we've needed the church, every time we've needed God, we didn't always have the answer. But God has always seen us through each and every circumstance that we've struggled with. Our life isn't perfect, but God has been there at each and every turn. I just encourage you today to just be consistent like Pastor preached this morning. Be consistent. Well, you know, I cannot add anything to what my predecessors already have said other than one thing. You know what we've been hearing? Apostolic truth. I'm glad for apostolic truth tonight. Because he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he doesn't change. I'm glad I know who Jesus is tonight. And just look where the Lord has brought us from and where he's placed us tonight. I'd just like to say also, I thank the Lord for this church. Not necessarily the building. The building's great, looks good, nice. But I thank God for the people, the pastor, and the ministry here in this church for preaching truth. Now, I was brought up in Pentecost. I've been in apostolic truth all my life, and that's another story, and I've shared part of that with you before. But you know, after all these years, it's still good. I'm, I'm carrying on my phone right now a picture that my cousin sent me three weeks ago that when we were baptized in Jesus' name, I believe I was 12, 13 years old, somewhere along in there. And we was baptized in Green River, and it was at Rockport, Kentucky, because we always went. And we had baptizing under the railroad trestle there. You could walk way out in, into the river there at that point. But I said that to say this. After all these years, it's still good. Yeah. 
The baptism is still good. It's essential tonight. Praise God. Can you say praise the Lord tonight? You know, uh, we used to, our kids used to say, and I use that loosely now because I'm not pastoring, and I told Brother Walden for uh, church, I said the Lord would literally have to get my arm and twist it up behind my back before I did any more pastoring. Then I said, no, I don't want to say that. He might do that. You know, but I, I don't think so at this point in life, but I praise the Lord for where the Lord has brought me from. But the kids back at church used to sing a song, and they would sing this song, and they'd say, my foot is up on the rock. Well, praise God. That's what they would do. The little ones that couldn't lift up their feet, they just jumped the whole body. I can't do that tonight without holding on. But God knows my heart anyway. Now, I looked up a little bit of information on this tonight. And I'm not sure. I know that the Spear family in the early 80s sang this song. And I don't know if it was their song, uh, McCamey's song, or whoever it uh, is. But anyway, it's a good song. But I like what... The lyrics said to it, if I could just say part of this tonight. You know, I started out to win this race. I got my mind made up. Got my feet up on the rock tonight. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what the devil might say. He may put that backpack on you. Now, I'm not of the era where we had backpacks. We had diaper bags. You know, and I always told the church that a woman has more, and I believe that, more endurance power than a man. I've, I've seen a woman carry a diaper bag, a 10-pound baby, two sacks of groceries, and go and unlock the car uh, to get into it. Come on now. We can't do that, not for very long anyway. But I want you to know tonight that through it all, I got my foot up on the rock and my mind's made up. You know, I may, I may, if I could summarize just a little bit or if I could just paraphrase just a little bit, uh, you know, and uh, I may go through some valleys and I go through valleys. But you know what? He's the lily of the valley. He's the bride and the morning star. He's the God that was. He's the God that is. And he's the God that is to come tonight. I'm so thankful for that tonight. And when the devil comes knocking, and here he comes with his backpack to put that backpack on. I was thinking about this morning, I saw uh, Brother uh, Justin's little fellow. He had a small backpack. And the thought came to me tonight. Yes, that's, you know, that's the way the enemy will start out with the backpack to put on your back. He'll start out small. Then next thing you know, as you grow But he doesn't have toys. He doesn't have crackers in it. He doesn't have M&Ms. <laughs> he doesn't have those in it. But what he has is little notes. And I'm watching the time, all right? Uh, and he has little notes where you, you, you failed on this point. Or you failed on that point. But I tell you what, what did the lyrics to the song say? He said here, said when the devil comes knocking... Showing me just an easier way. And there's many ways out there. There's a way that seemeth good too. That seemeth right. 
But he said, I stand right square on my feet. Have to jump again. And he said, I throw my head in the air. And I look him straight in the eye. I say, My feet's on the rock. And my mind's made up. And I'm here to stay. Hallelujah. I'm glad for that tonight. I started out a long time ago. It just keeps getting better and better each and every day. Now, you know, there's been many, much water has gone under the bridge over the few years, if you please. But I want you to know he's still the same God. He's still the same God that in the middle 50s, I guess it was, that when I went down in Jesus' name in Green River, he's the same God now as he was then. And do you know tonight, church, there's one thing that we have to uh, realize now. He doesn't change. He does not change. God doesn't change. If there's any change in it, it has to be uh, in us tonight. So I said all that to say this. And to our young people tonight. Brother Bennett gave some great advice. I want you to know tonight, church, that I was of the era, and I'm probably not the oldest person here, well, I like to think I'm not anyway. <laughs> but I want you to know tonight, church, that I never did have to contend with cocaine. I never did have to contend with marijuana. When I was this age, or high school age, the only thing I had to contend with was saying no to a can of beer. And it didn't take long for them to hear say, no, I don't want the stuff. Now listen to me. Uh, you know, you already know now that I'm just an old country boy. We had pigs and we had hogs and stuff like that. I have smelt old rotten, stinking corn. Now, if you like the beer, I can't even stand the smell of it. Because to me it stinks. But I want you to know tonight, church, that I did have to say no to some of that. But none of this other stuff. Look what our young people has to do tonight. They have to say no. So I'm here to tell you tonight that when the devil comes knocking, put your, put your uh, not available sign out. You know, used to you could go to a store and they would, when they get ready to close, they'd just flip a sign around that says close. Now they have electronic ones, neon signs, and all that kind of stuff. When he comes a knocking, the sign says not at home. Come on. Just tell him you're not here. You're not interested in it. You know, there has been a saying in two more minutes. There has been a saying that, you know, if the uh, vacuum cleaner salesman and no uh, intention on anybody if you're a vacuum cleaner salesman, but said don't let them get their foot in the door. Because if they ever get their foot in the door, you're going to buy a vacuum cleaner before they leave. Well, you know, when the devil comes knocking, just, just get your foot out of the door and close the door on him, and you can make it. I'm here to submit it to you young people tonight that you can make it. It doesn't matter what might come, what might go, who may say what. It doesn't matter what you've done. God is still a forgiving God. Right here. Right here at the altar. He forgives you right here. 
Repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name is still the only, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and living a concentrated life towards the Lord is still the way. It's the apostolic truth tonight. I'm glad for the apostolic truth tonight. Do you have your feet upon the rock? If not, this is a good place to get it upon the rock tonight. God bless you. Praise the Lord, church. God is good. Look over at your neighbor and say, I don't think you know just how awesome you are. I come up to Brother Cook a couple weeks ago. We'd had a great service. And uh, I was just being completely transparent and honest, I guess, and I said, you're an awesome Man, Brother Cook, he just laughed. I said, I guess that sounds like a kid. But he is. He's an awesome man of God. Amen. We got awesome ministry here in this church. We got an awesome youth minister, youth pastor. Of course, uh, all our ministry, of course, my elder brother Mason. And then the, the church itself, young people. Just an awesome church body group of people. But as awesome as you are, all the, all the great things that are going on around us, we serve a God tonight that is so awesome. We can't describe it. He's so great. We, we don't have the knowledge or the ability to describe or, to, com or to, uh, to compel to each other just how great that God is. There's a chapter I've been reading over the past several weeks. It's just kind of a, I don't know, maybe a, Something I like to read sometimes even right before I go to bed. But it's Psalms 139, and I want to read a few verses to you. Oh Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsetting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my laying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset beside me and before and laid thine hand upon me. I like this verse. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain, attain unto it. In other words, I don't even know how to describe you, O Lord, because you are so awesome. He holds the galaxy in the palm of his hands. His ways are not our ways. We can't understand the goodness and the greatness of God. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I free, flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. What, what a misery. What, what a misery to go through this life and not make heaven our home and to raise up our eyes in hell and when we sense the presence of God because we know in our, in our life that God gave us time. God gave us opportunity to come to Him. I don't believe God takes anybody without giving us a chance to make things right with Him. God, I want to make it. 
I don't want to raise up and knowing how awesome you are. Raise up. I've made my bed in hell. I'm in eternal torment knowing I could have served you for all eternity. He's so awesome. If I ascend up into heaven, there art there. If I make my bed in hell, there art there. If I take up the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. We can't hide from God. There's nowhere where we can go. We could, we could get on a plane and we could go to Alaska. We could, then we could get on, a, on an expedition from there. We could go to the Arctic Circle. We can get out there in the middle of nowhere where there's not anybody around. God is there. We could get on a rocket ship. We, we, if we had the money, we could get on board one of Elon Musk's uh, uh, ships there, SpaceX. You know, they're going to start renting out flights probably. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I, could, I could go to, up into the heavens. God is there. I could get on the dark side of the moon. God would be there. There's nowhere we can go where we can get away from the presence of the Lord. So why not just give it all to God tonight? Why not go ahead in this life and say, God, you are so awesome. God, I can't understand all your ways, but I know you're a high God. I know you're worthy, God. I know I don't deserve it, but God, your grace and mercy has been given to me tonight. While I got time, I want to praise the Lord. While I've got breath, I want to praise the Lord for all his greatness. We can't understand how awesome and how great he is. But he's worthy of our praise tonight. He's got all things within his hand. I love the Lord tonight. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be very brief. Seems the central theme is around the church and the greatness of God. Didn't have a lot of time this evening come to practice and found just a moment to steal away and I opened up my Bible and these words jumped out at me in Proverbs 27. Faithful are the, wor- are the wounds of a friend. 27 and 9. Atonement and perfume rejoiceth the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I am grateful for my friends. I am grateful for the church. I am grateful for my brothers in Christ. True friendship is hard to find. But how many knows we need each other? Well, I know we need God, and I know we need singing. I know we need praising. I know we need to be together in the house of God, but we need each other. Why do we need each other? Because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 and 10, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe be unto him that's alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him. We need each other. In a world that sets on divisiveness and division, we need each other. On a world and and fake people trying to destroy the work of God, we need each other tonight. We need each other. You cannot go at it alone. We need each other. 
Oh, how good it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. First Peter 2 and 17 says this, honor all men and love the brotherhood. Love the brotherhood. How important is friendship? The church is, it is a must to the church. If you want to win somebody, you better be a friend first. You want, you want to shake Madisonville? Go be a friend. Don't try to debate them about the oneness of the Godhead and, and give them standards of what we do and what we don't do right off the bat. Why don't you win them by being a friend? If you want to be like God, be like a friend. Be like your example, Jesus. He was a friend. Job in his trials. It says that his captivity was turned when he learned to forgive the wounds of his friend. We need each other tonight. We need each other tonight. I need you, and you need me, and we need our friends. We need our pastor. Yes, we do. We need the Sunday school teachers. We need the ushers. We need the janitors. We need the ones who's cleaning. We need the ones who's giving, who has ministry of helps. We need the prophets. We need the preachers. We need the pastors. We need the teachers. We need every musician. We need every elder. We need every young folk. We need every child. We need every nursery worker. Brother Gage, I need you. I need you. Brother Johnny Foe, I need you tonight. Brother Josh, we need each other. If we're going to make it out of this world, we're going to have to dwell together. Come on, forsake not the assembling together of yourself. Even so more as you see that day approaching. We need each other tonight. And if we would draw together, I believe we would, we would be pleasing to God. I believe then miracles would start to happen. When we truly become one with one another. When we truly come in tune with what God really desired to be. When we're not afraid to wash the feet of our brethren. When we get so close to one another that, that we're able to bear each other's burdens and, and tell each other our faults and our hiccups and not for just a garden moment, but all the time we should love each other and we should trust each other and we should hold each other up because the day is soon approaching. That night is coming. We ain't going to have enough time to work anymore. So we need to make hay while, the, while we still have daylight. And I love this church. I love everybody in it. And I love my pastor. And we need each other tonight. Why don't we stand tonight? Now how many believe we were preached to tonight? Praise, if that don't encourage you, something's wrong with you. Every preacher has a message. The Bible said out of the mouths are two or three witnesses. Would the word be confirmed? Amen. And out of the mouths of witnesses tonight was the word of God preached. And it was just as effective, if not more, as if Brother Cook would have preached tonight. Aren't you grateful tonight for the ministry of this church? Why don't we give them a hand clap tonight? Hallelujah. I noticed every one of them would look at me and say, I'm not going to be long tonight. And then they would kind of chuckle at me. I think they were insinuating something. I'm going to have to have a meeting with the ministers and straighten that out. Everyone say Valentine's Day. You know, Valentine's Day is sweetheart day. And uh, let me tell you, I'm, uh, I'm a sweetheart. Y'all might not think I am, but I am. 
And when I get Valentine's, I get one for my wife. I get one for my daughter. I get one for my daughter-in-law. I do. I get some for my granddaughters because they need, they need somebody. You men hang around me for a little while. I'll teach you how to treat a woman. Praise God. And the women said amen. Praise God. Wednesday, we are having a Valentine's table talk. And uh, so if you would like to bring some, some cupcakes and snacks and different things, we're going to have a good time of fellowship. We chose to change the dates of that table talk to accommodate Valentine's Day. We're just going to have a wonderful time of fellowship. Amen. And then we're going to hear a word. Amen. And uh, be strengthened in the word. So we want to remind everyone of that table talk message. Praise God. God is good, isn't he?